Welcome to Channel Waves, the podcast where channel leaders share success strategies, best practices, and emerging trends. Brought to you by Structured Web. Here's your host, Stephen Kellum. Welcome, everyone, to Channel Waves, Structured Web's new into everything channel. I'm your host, Stephen Kellum, and very excited to have Megan Sullivan Moore, head of ecosystems and mid market at SAP, joining us today. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much, Stephen. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, look, I, I, we started this out. I'm going to take everyone back a little bit. We started out, Megan did the first podcast for me at Structure Web, and we'd also done several podcasts other places. And we had been talking about, okay, how do partners need to change? What do they need to do to not do the status quo? I got a great quote from you that I've used on several webinars, by the way, about partners need to change the status quo and figure out how to drive revenue. And listeners, we've had... Lots of great viewers. We've had lots of great conversations about that. But the reason I reached out to Megan to have this one, this podcast in particular, from my perspective, the grounds has shifted so much, not just over the past three years with pandemic, supply chains, everything that's happened that stress out the world. Now you throw what's happened from a human resources perspective uh, with this economic downturn. And I don't know anybody who doesn't know someone who has not been affected by this, right? So we're having these conversations about driving revenue, automating everything, simplifying, all these, all these great suggestions or, or, or great ways to, to, to make marketing work. But how do you do that when you have less resources without your head exploding? So I, I guess what we want to talk about today, it's really the channel psyche. And I wanted to tap into Megan's knowledge as really, I would say as a manager, and that when you have to do more with less, how do you do that? How do you deal with people? How do you motivate them? Uh, I think the title of this, just to tell her, is going to be, you know, you know, how do you get your head and I think, and heart into the marketing game today? So sorry, that was a long there's a long dive into that, but it's just obviously there's been a lot going on. So, so I can get your thoughts. I think it's an amazing topic. I, I mean, yes, COVID stressed out the world for sure. And just when we thought that was over, you know, the hits just keep on coming. Now we have, you know, we've got the recession. We've got, you know, things around the world happening that are terrible. The bank failure going on. Right. Um, you know, multiple layoffs at companies impacting the entire tech industry. It, it's a very stressful world out there. Um, and so, you know, I think it's more important than ever for leaders to be paying attention to that and to keep a pulse on, you know, what's happening with their employees. Good. No. I mean, in simplest terms, where do you start? Are there, are there three mantras to this in, in Megan's world, if I'm trying to make all this happen, what are the three things that you have to deal with that would help you? make your team successful. I guess that's really, really where I'm driving. Well, I think, you know, number one, first and foremost, you know, I always like to start at 50,000 foot level on a strategic level. And, you know, we set the tone as leaders, our organization, very similar to our CEO set the tone as an example for our company. So it's super important that, you know, the, the mood and the temperament is going to start with us, right? So really taking care of ourselves or, you know, myself as an example, making sure I'm healthy, making sure I'm taking care of myself, making sure I'm, you know, being vulnerable and, and being honest about where I am in my life, I think is very important because if the team sees there's, you know, a bit of vulnerability and nothing's perfect and, you know, we're all in this together, as an example, 
I think that makes people feel better and kind of, you know, it's okay to not be okay kind of scenario. So I think it starts at the top and, and what kind of tone we want to set. So I always like to say we can wake up with a headache every day or we can wake up, you know, feeling great and that we're going to, you know, have a great day and push through it and, you know, make it great. And I really do think it's all in your head. I, I can't believe I'm going to actually quote Buddha on this, but I think Buddha said pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. But I actually saw that the other day because what you're talking about, and I think that cuts across every, any leader, actually, it's not even just if you're a leader at team, if you're in a team and you're dealing with other people, what, what choices do you make on what that day is like? And that sounds so much easier than it is to do because we all wake up today with lots of things on our minds. I don't know if it's that hard though. I mean, you know, I, I mean, of course, I live in a glass half full world. I can find the silver lining in anything. It's just kind of how I roll. But, you know, I really do think that if if we can look up to our leaders um, and say, you know what, to your point, they, you know, they have a lot of pain in their life, but they have chosen to keep the glass half full. They've chosen to see the silver lining. I think that kind of bleeds into, you know, everyone and kind of incents them to look the same way in some cases. You know, not everyone can do it. But I do think that we have to stay positive and motivating, yet at the same time, be vulnerable about, yeah, I'm having a bad day. Things kind of suck. But having said that, I'm going to choose to wake up on the right side of the bed and choose to look at the light rather than the dark. Look, I think that goes back to some basic principles of life, right? Uh, for instance, you know, how much do you listen versus how much do you talk? And are you, are you truly listening? Do you choose to, um, as you say, be positive? I mean, there's so many things out there. You know, no one wants to listen to someone complain. I think that's just like the simplest things in life, right? It's whether you have your with your friendships or with your with your your spouse or with your partner or whoever. I think I think those life lessons can be really drawn on from the business lessons. And sometimes I don't know. You think it's easy? I, I look. I'm an optimistic optimist too, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that easy for some people. I think, you know, one easy thing to do that I do I, since January 1st, I've done this every single day, um, is just find one thing to say today I'm grateful for X. And my 23-year-old daughter and I exchange a text message every day. She's down, just graduated from college. Every single day we have not missed yet of I'm grateful for, you know, and name it, whatever. Yeah. It could be the sunshine today. Yeah. It could be, uh, you know, she said I'm grateful for Zoom calls, you know, which was great because she didn't have her pants, you know, her dressy pants on that day. Okay, I was going to wonder where, where that was going to go. Sure. Yeah, there. Yes. Yeah. Okay, look, I, so the, we'll call those uh, opti optimism hackers. Optimism hackers. Good. Yeah, just be optimistic. Just yeah, my, my second thing is, you know, how to lead in times of great turmoil, I believe is really sharing context of kind of why you're asking your team to do something uh, for them. So, for example, I think so often we'll get a fire drill or something from our manager saying, I need this or fill out this template. We got X amount of time or do this or whatever. I think it's really important to share the context of the strategy coming down from above on why you're asking people to do things rather than just kind of ask for a point in time project. Because if they understand the context behind it and what's going on and why the ask is coming, you know, we hire very intelligent people. They're going to have some great innovative and creative ideas that are come out that we didn't think about. Yeah, that's why we've hired these people is because they're experts in their field. And so the more context we can give them, I think the greater productivity and innovation will come out from that. Once again, I completely agree with you, but I think that that's good at any time. But yeah. I also think that gets harder 
when you have less resources. When you, when you're working on a when you're working on a smaller team and your work is more, and now on your smaller team you got more deliverables. I think it's almost human nature. It is for me to go. I just need to get this done, and I don't think that's right. I think you're I think you're absolutely right, but I think people have to take that first thing that you said about taking care of themselves and kind of get centered on that so they can remember to be patient and to ask questions and to realize that others have great ideas. But I have to force myself, look, I actually write, wrote down, you can't see it up there, is to be patient. I understand my strength and my weaknesses. And I literally every day have to have this up there to remember, I've got same thing, super intelligent people. Um, and I think today I'm agreeing with you even more that people want to be a part of that big picture, the solutions, and you got to listen and you got to be patient. I have a note behind me. This is slow down. So it wouldn't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> patient, slow down. It's not the same thing. I'm sure everyone has that. But I think it's it's really critical because I know some people who are looking at it in this time and they, you know, there's optimism, but also there's people I believe that see it as an opportunity to shine and to, right. to do well and to get their ideas and to be successful. So, I think there's also a lot of that, but as a leader or a coworker, it doesn't really matter whether it's sideways or up or down. I, I do think we have to slow down a little bit. I'm not so sure the world is sending that message right now. No, no, it's go go faster, 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 immediate. You know, I want instantaneous results, all that kind of stuff. But I do think no matter what level you're at, if you're asking somebody to do something for you, you can slow down. I need to slow down, right? Give them the context of why you're asking for it and why you need it done and what needs to be done and brainstorm a little bit on kind of here's my challenge, what I'm trying to figure out. It doesn't take very long to do that. And I'm telling you, the results you'll get from the other side and them lending their ideas and you know some context that they have, it's going to be better if you take a little bit of time up front just to kind of set the tone, right? I think it makes a huge difference. Uh, one thing I've done, we're, we're talking about hacks, right? is I've had meetings where I've had them very free free flow in the past, right? Here's an hour meeting. There's four of us together. I've actually worked and created more context or, or broken out in those meetings. Um, I've done more of an agenda setting, not to tap it down, but to make sure that everyone has their chance to do this. I've had to, I should write, get more organized right next to be patient and slow down because we can't waste our time as much but we still want to give as much input. So I'm trying to figure out maybe this, help. I'm trying to figure out how I talk less and I listen more. And the way for me to do it was to put more structure into my meetings, but not to tap things down, but so I could get, be more prepared. I'm preparing more for meetings now than I ever had before so that I don't have to do some of those things and let other people shine. Yeah, I love that. I think too, there's a whole, uh, there's a beauty to simplification and stop doing things. I think especially in bigger companies, I, you know, in, in smaller companies, not so much, but in bigger companies, we tend to have things that we've done for years and they're just kind of innate and we do them when we do them and we do them, but so much of it is about necessary, right? So really taking the time to your point of kind of set the agenda, get ready for the meetings, you know, what are we really working on? Like, do we really need to run this report anymore? We've been running it for six years. Is anybody even looking at it? I mean, I've had so many instances where we kind of do this with the team and we really scrub down and we stop doing something. Nobody says anything about it. It's like, okay, well, that was great. I mean, sometimes, you know, one person might care, but, you know, I think we really need to simplify in this day and age as well. There's too much noise. There's too much going on. 
Right. And I think that all goes back to your point of letting people know the context, why you're doing those things. Um, I had a meeting the other day and I've, I've gotten the habit of sending the agenda and writing some of the pieces around it. And it's so funny. One of the persons sent me back and said, well, I guess we don't need to have the meeting. We had an hour and we actually handled it all through email. And it's not that we don't want to be together or spend time, but we just basically growth hack that thing out of there. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool way. To I love that. I mean, I have an employee that before every one-on-one, she will send me her kind of, uh, you know, bi-weekly one-on-one, she'll send me her list of here's everything I want to cover. And it's literally like bullet points, sub, 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 bullet points. And it's like, it's so thorough that by the time I get on the call, we're super efficient because I can say, okay, we don't need to cover one, three, and seven. I just want to hit two and five right now. And it's fantastic. You know, and I think we both feel more efficient for it. Look, and I think that's a great way to empower people too. I'm not telling we don't need to have this meeting. They're telling me that they can do this and we don't need, which I, I think we're all like, that's great. We'll do it every other week. And I think in context and going back to your, that's a great way to ask it in this times, right? Okay. We need to do this. How can we be more efficient work works for you? And uh, you find people that are talented like that can, can make things work offline just as they can do it online. And then for number three, are we ready to three? Well, I think number three plays very well into all that. We're ready for number three. Yeah. So I think there's nothing more important than empathy right now. And, and to your, uh, let's go back to you, listen, that listen thing. Uh, you know, that's the second thing I have written down. I had to slow down and listen. So I think they're interrelated, but our employees are going through so much externally, you know, in, in their personal lives that we don't understand. And because we are at work so many hours of the day, unfortunately, you know, they bring that to work because our lives are so intertwined right now between personal and professional so really taking the time to understand where people are, you know, what challenges are they facing and how can we help, you know, um, help them through those difficult times, be empathetic towards their situation. Because I think when you do that, again, it's that vulnerability thing. When you open up a little bit, when you get empathetic, um, our employees are going to be way more productive, which is amazing, uh, you know, but they're also going to feel, you know, like they're respected and they're included and that they have a seat at the table with you, which I think is super important. Uh, so what do you think about the difference between sympathetic and empathetic? So I, I think, you know, I mean, it's the classic term, right? Sympathetic could just be like, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Empathetic is really digging into it and feeling their feelings or like, if I had an experience in my life that were similar to that, I'm going to feel that empathy of what they're going through. There are many times where I can't be empathetic, right? What they're going through, some of it is unimaginable because uh, we do have We've been together for a long team, large team. We've been through a lot of life together. And some of it, I just, you know, it just breaks my heart, but I can't be empathetic, but I can sympathize with them and understand, you know, they need space or time or more support or whatever that could be. Yeah. Look, I think it all goes back to everything you've tied in, the context, the, um, the asking the questions and listening. I think the only way to be empathetic is to listen and to figure out, especially when we're in this uh, world where, you know, people are in different areas, they're doing Zoom meetings, you don't have as much of the personal side. For us, we're still remote, right? Most of us are still working re remotely. And I think you have to listen and you have to ask those questions. And I think the biggest thing is when you ask those questions, to actually listen. Yes, I think so. And I think by giving them that empathy or sympathy or whatever, you know, whichever side of it. And I'm, I'm down with empathy. I think empathy is way better. I think people both like empathy all the time and I think they should be empathetic. I completely wow. agree. 
But, you know, again, I think by doing that, though, your employees will will uh, be more productive and more loyal and, you know, they'll be able to be better employees because of it. If you just give them, you know, a little bit, a little bit of love. Right. I, I just think in today's day and age, there are a lot of stresses going on um, for everyone at every level. Yeah. So why don't we wrap it up with this? Right. So what do you think about genuine and not genuine? Because everything we talked about, you're under, you're, it's, it, it, people are very perceptive. I think people have gotten, well, curious what you think. I think people have learned to even figure out and are perceptive about genuineness, even on remotes. Uh, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's almost impossible to hide that this, these days. And I'm not so sure everyone's, I'm not so sure everyone's great at being genuine yet. Well, you know, some, you got people, people, and you got non-people, people, right? You know, not everyone is going to be skilled in, you know, leading with the heart, right? There's a lot of people that will lead with data or lead with mind, and that's awesome too, right? They're two different, completely two different skill sets. Um, but I think if you can be authentic to who you are, that's going to show whether you're genuine or not genuine. I mean, I lead with my heart, right? I, I one of my, uh, what I aspire to be is very authentic. I am who I am at work as I am who I am, you know, personally, I'm not two different people. If you're someone who is, you know, leads with your mind and leads with data and, you know, not so much in touch with the heart, that's okay too. If you listen to your point, listen to your employees, try and understand, let them know that, you know, I really would like to understand what's going on so that I can help you. You know, you don't have to kind of lean in and, you know, cry and have a hug out, you know, but I think as long as you're really listening and really trying to, to, to hear them, that helps a lot in the genuine side. Okay. So any last thoughts? So here, I'll ask you this. What do you think it looks like for the next, we'll just wrap it up. What do you think it looks like for the rest of the year? What does 2023 look like? And from Megan Sullivan's perspective. Well, the optimistic side in me is everything. Now the, you know, the realist in me says it's going to be a tough year. You know, I, I think, I mean, even the collapse of some of the banks last week, I think that we're at the tip of the iceberg. I think there's a lot more coming on that. That's going to have ramifications on businesses, you know, throughout, I think, you know, we're the, the recession is going to continue to get deeper with so many layoffs and, you know, people looking for jobs. I think we've got that, you know, stressor in the market. I think 2023 is going to be a very stressful year and is exactly why I am expressing gratitude every day to find the positive and to remember to keep myself kind of in that, you know, stay, stay positive. Cause I do believe in you and I've talked about this before. I believe what you put out in the universe will come back to you. So if I personally can be positive and grateful and know that, you know, there's, there's goodness out there, you know, I think the universe, universal serve of what I need this year. Megan, thanks for joining us. I greatly appreciate it. Listeners, thank you for joining us. And um, we do hope that the rest of the year is good for everyone, as good as it could be. And I do agree with if you're genuine about it and you're positive about it, it's amazing the the impact and, and the change that you can make with people every day. But for me, I got to do it every day. I have to remind myself every day because I know my weaknesses. And Stephen, today I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Okay, I'm grateful for <laughs> you. All right. All right, everyone have a great day.